tonight I'm just going to preach a little bit here and try to remind you this we all know that God is able to do exceeding abundantly above all that we ask or think don't we we know that and we know that God always can nothing is impossible for God but we just need to be reminded of it once in a while every once in a while somebody just needs to say it again say it again Let's all think about that again. I'll read some scripture here in a minute. We're going to be, you know, i got a bunch of scriptures to read. I'm going to read in Ephesians chapter 2 and Hebrews chapter 7 and, and some more. But let me just say to start out with here, there there's three arguments the devil uses to take away all hope. And that's what he wants to do. He wants to take away your hope. If you don't have hope, I don't know how much you've ever thought about this, but how how important that is. You know, we we talk about First Corinthians thirteen, the the chapter on love, charity, how important it is. Without charity, nothing else matters. But at the end of that chapter, he says, "Now abideth faith, hope, and charity." And the greatest of these is charity. But faith, how how important is faith? Very important. <laughs> Very important. How important is charity? Very important. Well, then how's impo- how important is hope? Very Im- Yes, just as important. you got to have hope. And that's, what, that's where the devil defeats people. You hear all of the disasters and things that happen to people where they just give up. They just give up. Throw in the towel. They give up hope. They lose hope. Well, that is a spiritual battle. And that's the devil wants to do that to us more than anything else, I think. Just take away your hope. It ain't never going to work. Nothing's ever going to be any better. There's no solution to the problem, you know. So there's three arguments I think the devil uses to take away all hope. He'll try to convince you that you have done too much to be forgiven. There are really people who believe that, and I've had people tell me that straight up. You know, God would never forgive me. I've done too much. I've had people tell me that. And they really believed that. He's going to get you to think in your mind and repeat in your mind, I've made such a mess that even God can't help me now until you believe it. He'll send somebody else around to tell you the same thing, to confirm it for you, because hopeless people... Don't want anybody else having any hope either. That's right. You know, he'll tell you that concerning others. You know, where it's a lot of times it's our hope is not only around based around our own interests and our own self and all that. It's around others, loved ones, children. You know, wayward kids. How about that? Lost loved ones. Concerning others, he'll try to make you believe my loved one or any other soul that that's, you care about has gone too far. And there's no hope for him now. Don't ever think that. No. Don't ever let the devil convince you that there is no hope for somebody. Amen. <laughs> I'm telling you, that really, that throws the net way out there, but that's just where it needs to be thrown. Woe unto us if we've got a a, a line where the, the sin is so offensive to us that we, we don't see no hope for them. 
That's where the issue's at. It's so offensive to us that we think, ain't no way. Somebody do that, there ain't nothing left in them that's any good. Well, they wouldn't be breathing if that was the case. God would, He can still do exceeding abundantly above all that we ask or think. He can. So the first thing, He's going to say God can't do it because there's just too much. He can't reach that far. He can't cover that much. It's it, The damage is too far gone. He'll try to convince you that you or your problem are too insignificant and worthless to be of any concern to God or anyone else. He'll try to convince you that you're not even worth to God's time. You, you don't amount to nothing. You're a nobody from nowhere and nobody even cares. And God don't care either because why should He care about you? That's the devil. He will do this to you. He'll say either you've done too much or you don't amount to nothing. You don't amount to enough for Him to fool with. He'll get you thinking in your mind that, well, there's nothing to work with here. I've got nothing to offer. I'm a nobody. I'm worthless. You know how many people really do feel that way? What do you think a person feels like when they have wasted their life? I mean, when they've got on drugs and an immorality and stuff until they have just, I mean, they have just run aground. What do you think they really think of themselves? That's what they think right there. I am worthless. Nobody cares about me. And why would God care about me? What in the world could He possibly care about me? And what can He do about me? There's nothing left to work with. It isn't worth God's time to bother with this. It can be yourself. It can be a problem you have. You know, that's... We're to go to God. We're to pray without ceasing. We're to turn to Him for all our needs. Everything. That's what He wants. And that's what He's instructed us to do. But the devil will tell us that it's not worth God's time to bother with our little problems. Which may be big problems to us, but, you know, considering God and the universe, what am I? Mm -hmm. The psalmist talked about that in a positive way. You know, when I consider the heavens, this, this, the moon and the stars, the work of thy hands, what is, what is man? We <coughs> are mindful of him. But he was doing it with wonder and worship, not despair and hopelessness. <laughs> and that's why I'm telling you, the devil will take you there. He, that's where he's a shoving and a pushing to get you. In a corner somewhere where you don't have any hope. There's, you, you'll say to yourself, there's just insufficient means to meet the need. I don't see anything in any way for God to fix this situation. Now I'm going to give you some Bible examples in a minute of these, thing, these three things here. But there are things where we say, you know, God can't fix this. <laughs> well... It is true that God can't reverse some of the effects of sin, but God can bring evil out of or good out of evil every time. Yep. He always does. Always does. That's fact. That's a consistent thing about God. He always brings good out of evil. 
Now, he'll try to convince you that it's too late for you. You done passed the opportunity, you missed the opportunity and missed the bus. You'll never have another chance. That's why it's bad, in my opinion, for preachers to preach such a message as that. That, you know, you, you can send away your day of grace and maybe you just missed it. When God spoke to you and you refused, then God won't ever speak to you again. I just don't believe that. The, the word of the Lord came unto Jonah the second time. God came, Peter got a second chance. <laughs> and then Peter, when, when the Lord asked, he asked the Lord, how many times should we forgive our brother if he trespassed against you? Until seven times? You mean seven times? He thought he was being real <laughs> generous. And the Lord said until 70 times seven. Or in, in other words, you never forget, for, quit forgiving. There's no limit. There's no limit. So, you never, you know, what's done is done and nothing will fix it now. It's too late, too late. What's happened is so bad and so final that nothing can possibly be done to help. And again, you consider we're homeless and drug addicts. I mean, you see, we see pictures and, and videos of them on the streets, you know, I've seen some that are just so disturbing. It's awful where they've, where they can't even, they're just lean, you know, where they're in all distorted positions, setting, where they shot themselves up with something and, and they have just ruined their life and their body and their health and their mind. And you think it's too late. What's left? Well, how would you judge that maniac? Oh, yeah. if, you could have, if you could have just seen him, what would you have thought there was worth saving here? What is there left to work with? But there was, wasn't there? There's still a soul in there. A soul that Jesus died for, that Jesus can redeem, that Jesus can restore. So it's never too much and it's never too little and it's never too late. All that's the voice of the world and the devil and absolutely not the voice and message of God. God never says anything like that. It's the way a mind thinks and reasons it, as if there's no God. Yeah. Too late? What about God? It's too, it can't be done too little. Nothing left. What about God? He started with nothing, remember? He made everything out of nothing. So why does He have to have anything to start with? It's too much for God to handle? <laughs> what about God? What about God? There is a God in heaven. So, any thought like that is, is reasoning as if there is no God. Right. So God will never lead you that way. He'll never lead you into thoughts like that. So be aware when who, who it is that's doing it. It's the devil. Ephesians chapter 2 and verse 12, that at that time you were without Christ, being aliens from the commonwealth of Israel and strangers from the covenants of promise, having no hope and without God in the world. Having no hope without God in the world. 
Paul's talking to these people and he's referring back to the state they were in before they knew God and were delivered from it. They were without God and without hope. Without God and without hope. Strangers, aliens from the commonwealth of Israel. Strangers from the covenants of promise. They didn't know anything about the promises of God. So they lived as if there was no God. They worshipped their idol gods and stuff. The view of those who are of God is quite different than that. In 2 Corinthians chapter 4 and verse 8, we can see what the view of a Christian is when, he's, when God is in everything. Here it is. We're troubled on every side, yet not distressed. We are perplexed, but not in despair. And he goes on and says a whole bunch more stuff like that. That's contrast. You know, well, we're, we're troubled, but we're not distressed. We're perplexed, but not in despair. We don't know what to do, but we know this. God will take care of us. And God will show us how. Different attitude. Nothing is ever too much for God. God has placed no limits on His forgiveness. Do you know where He placed any forgiveness? Or any limits on His forgiveness? There are no sins that He will not forgive, saving blasphemy against the Holy Ghost. And that's only because that sin right there cut you off from God so that He cannot deal with you. When you blaspheme the Holy Ghost, that's the only means that God has to deal with your heart and speak to your heart. You cut off the line of communication and God can't talk to you because you are not listening. See, you can't receive. But other than that, the Bible says in Hebrews chapter 7 and verse 25, Wherefore, he is able to save them to the uttermost that come unto God by him, seeing that he ever liveth to make intercession for them. So there's no maximum limit of sin in depth of depravity. I mean, we think of sin, boy, there's some sins that are, well, you know, that's not right, and it's, but it's not shocking, and it's not abominable, and it's not so offensive to us as something else. We hear of some sins that people commit, and we just shudder. It's so abominable and so wicked and God didn't put any limits there as far as being forgiven. Did He? No. Men do. I've known a lot of men that thought that certain kind of people just couldn't be saved. That's all there was to it. They're too bad of a sinner. Well, I don't believe they believe in God. That's what I believe. If you believed in God, you'd believe there's a way that God could that it is possible. And if we don't believe that, how can we preach the gospel? What do we got to preach anyway? So there's no maximum amount of sin in depth of depravity or the time spent in it. You know, it doesn't exceed the mercy and forgiveness available from God. Some people live a a lifetime in sin. Does that mean they can't be saved? It means it's a lot harder. It's a lot less likely. Because of the hardness of their heart. But does it mean that God's not able? Not at all. 
Is God any less able to save somebody that's 90 years old has lived in sin all their life without God than he is somebody that's uh, 10 years old? No, there's God is just as able. And it does happen sometimes. It does happen once in a while. We're finite creatures, we are. We live in a finite world. There's boundaries and there's limits and there's we can only see so far. We can only comprehend so far. And it's not very much, really. Do you ever think about it? Can you really comprehend a thousand miles? Not really. When you go to talking about more than that, why well, it goes beyond our grasp of really having a handle on it in our mind. So we we have a problem, a real problem, trying to understand anything that has no limits because everything that we know here is limited. God is infinite in all respects. That's a thought that you ought to consider sometime and just study on and meditate on. That God is infinite in all of His uh, uh, traits, and I think the word I want to use, attributes. Everything about God is infinite. There's no end. There's no limit. So, he had His capacity to forgive is that way too. Is God's capacity to love limited? Nope. Is His capacity to uh, show mercy Limited? No, His mercy is from everlasting to everlasting. It's renewed every day. (laughs) There are limits on all things in the realm where we live now, but God's not bound by these limits that we know. Genesis 18 and 14, Is anything too hard for the Lord? Who said that? Do y'all know the situation of Genesis 18? It's Sarah. It's the angel of the Lord saying, is anything too hard for the Lord? I mean, you're 90. He's almost 100 here. 99. I just told you you're going to have a baby. You laughed. Is anything too hard for the Lord? Well, I'm past. I'm past all that. Dried up. Everything's won't work no more. Can't happen. Just can't. Is anything too hard for the Lord? What did Sarah find out? I will at a, at the time appointed. I will return unto thee according to the time of life, and Sarah shall have a son. The enemy's never too great. Never too great. The Bible's full of this. Full of this. Examples. True stories. True history. Where it was impossible for men. But God made it happen anyway. How many battles were there that Israel fought that the odds were just... I mean, what about Gideon and his 300 against all the scores of thousands of Midianites? Over 100,000, if I remember right. 300 men. Well, he had 32,000 to start out when God said, that's too many. Well, 32,000 ain't much again. I mean, they were outnumbered. 
uh, five or six to one at that. Mm-hmm. Well, what happened? Who won? The victory was the Lord. So the enemy's never too great. Whatever we're facing is never too great for God. Somebody needs to hear this. The sea is never too deep or too wide to cross. (laughs) The soul is never so far gone that it's out of His reach. You see, for God, with God, nothing shall be impossible. Luke one thirty seven. That's not Genesis, that's Luke. And that's Jesus talking. Well, no, that's not Jesus talking. I've got it in red. I don't know why I did that. That's Luke chapter 1. It's never too little for God. It's never too much. Never too little. Job, or John chapter 6 verse 9. There is a lad here which hath five barley loaves and two small fishes, but what is... What are they among so many? I mean, we got this, but it ain't near enough. I mean, it ain't going to work. We can't feed all of these thousand people with this. <coughs> Did they feed the 5,000 men, beside men, women, and children, with the two, the two fishes and five loaves? Did they? Yeah, they did. Yep, sure did. Sure did. For with God, nothing shall be impossible. <coughs> Can God furnish a table in the wilderness? That's what they ask. What was the answer? Well, of course He can. Where'd they get their water? Out of nowhere. It come out of a rock. Where'd the food come from? Out of the sky. The widow of Zarephath. In 1 Kings chapter 17, verse 12, And she said, As the Lord thy God liveth, I have not a cake, but a handful of meat in a barrel, and a, a meal, I'm sorry, I said meat, a handful of meal in a barrel, and a little oil in a cruise. Behold, I am gathering two sticks, that I may go in and dress it for me and my son, that we may eat it and die. There's despair. That's the end of the line. All I need is just about two sticks to heat up this last little handful of meal and this little dab of oil. I got going to make two little cakes for me and my son. We're going to eat them and that's it. We're going to die. That's the end of us. You know what the story? Elijah said, well, first just make me a cake. Was it because he, he was being selfish and he wanted the cake? Going to let them die? No, no. <laughs> That wasn't the deal at all. Did she know who he was? Mm -hmm. Yes, she knew who he was. He's Elijah, the prophet. So when he told her to make him a cake first, what did that mean? God will take care of you. So she went and did according to the saying of Elijah, and she and he and her house did eat many days. <laughs> so it wasn't too little after all, was it? A handful of meal and a little dab of oil. Two two fishes and five loaves. That's enough. 
You're, you may worry about the apparent insufficiency to meet the need, but it shows a terrible lack of faith and trust in yeah. God That's right. when we do. Little is much when God is in it. We got a song we sing like this title. That's the title of it. Once in a while we sing that, and it's true, so true. God always uses the little, the little, the insignificant. Remember that God always takes little things and uses them for big purposes. In Jeremiah chapter 32 and verse 17, Ah, Lord God, behold, Thou hast made the heaven and the earth by Thy great power and stretched out Thy arm, uh, by Thy great power and stretched out arm, and there is nothing too hard for Thee. It's a theme through the prophets, through the book of Genesis, all the New Testament, is anything too hard for God? Do you do you have you ever asked that question or thought that it was too hard for God? No need to pray because there ain't nothing God can do about this. You ever thought that? Even unconsci- uh, unconsciously, yes, have you just dismissed? You know, great need, a great problem, a great danger, and you just think, well, God just won't do nothing about it. Most people do. The devil can make you think that by distracting you. He has to distract you. You can't keep your nose in this book and read this book. You can't keep your heart full of the Word of God and think that. He can't get you. Because the Spirit of God will bring these verses to your mind. Luke chapter 18 verse 27. Now, Jesus did say this. He said, the, the things which are impossible with men are possible with God. In Job chapter 42 and verse 2, He said, I know that thou canst do everything and that no thought can be withholden from thee. Job knew God could do anything. That's what got him through that deal. It's never... Too much, too little, and it's never too late for God. Sometimes we think it's too late. Luke chapter 8 and verse 49. While he yet spake, there cometh one from the ruler of the synagogue's house, saying to him, Thy daughter is dead. Trouble not the master. You know what everybody said? Too late. Just too late. She's dead. Ain't no need going now. Don't trouble the master. She's dead. Forget it. It's too late. Was it too late? No. Did Jesus ever hear about somebody dying that stayed dead? No. John chapter 11 verse 20 and 22. Then Martha, as soon as she heard that Jesus was coming, went and met him. But Mary sat still in the house. Then said Martha unto Jesus. Why didn't Mary go out there? You got different ideas and opinions. Some people say that Mary was just so spiritual that she just stayed in there because she they wouldn't no. Yeah, when I'm fixing to read what she said when she came out. Mary said still in the house. Then Martha then said Martha unto Jesus, Lord, if thou hadst been here, my brother had not died. 
But I know that even now, whatsoever thou wilt ask of God, God will give it thee. Well, that's great faith there. But then in verse 32, it says, Then when Mary was come where Jesus was and saw him, she fell down at his feet, saying unto him, Lord, if thou hadst been here, my brother had not died. She didn't say, but even now, I know it's too late. Why didn't you come sooner? What can be done now? He's been in the grave four days. It's too late. That right there ought to encourage anybody that really sees their situation is it's just too late. We put limits on it, you know. We say, well, if I don't get saved by the time they're 35 or... They ain't never going to get saved. I just know it. They, they're just going to get hard on <laughs> It's never too late. Nope. Nope. Amen. And woe unto the people of God who just say, well, it's too late and give up and quit praying. Quit carrying a burden. Quit thinking about it. It may look to us as if there's absolutely no hope left and all is lost. And it may look like the situation is fixed forever and there's no change in it now. That's what these two situations here. The ruler of the synagogue's daughter was dead. Too late. Lazarus was dead. More than her, he'd been in the grave tent at four days. It may be impossible for us to imagine any possible thing that God could do to help, but... God is able to do exceeding abundantly above all that we ask or think according to the power that worketh in us. Amen. Mm. Amen. John eleven forty four, And he that was dead came forth Amen. bound hand and foot with grave clothes and his face was bound with a napkin. Jesus saith unto them, Loose him and let him go. You know, you tied him up, you take that stuff off of him. (laughs) I didn't put that stuff on him, you did. He's not dead. Yes. Lazarus come out of that grave. So it wasn't too late. Luke 8, 54 through 56 And he put them all out. Jesus did. Made them all get out and took her by the hand, the damsel, remember, and and called, saying, Maid, arise. And her spirit came again, and she arose straightway. And he commanded to give her meat. And her parents were astonished. What did he say to Mary and Martha? He said, I am the resurrection and the life. I am the resurrection and the life. He is the giver of life. We've been t- preaching about Jesus. He's, he is the light of the world. He is the life. The life. So it's never too late. He can, If He can bring a dead person to life, then He can surely do something about lesser things. Yeah. Looks too late. Jeremiah, one more verse, 32, Jeremiah 32, verse 27, I am the Lord, the God of all flesh. Is there anything too hard for me? 
When we read there last night, Terry, we was talking, reading that book, and <clears throat> we was talking about the Word of God. The man had such reverence for the Word of God that he smarted and was offended at any kind of light use of the Word of God. Any somebody taking a scripture and treating it lightly, or you know what I'm talking about? Yeah, he was just so offended about it. And I, you know, I told her, I said, do people really believe that this is the Word of God now? Do we treat it that reverently? Mm. Well, if you realize that this is the Word of God and you treat it as though it is the very Word of God. You know, they, we've all heard the stories and read about the scribes who, how they used to change they would go when they had to write the name of the lord when they were writing the scriptures copying the scriptures they would go change clothes bathe come back with a different pen and write god's name they were that reverent about it it's not very doesn't show much reverence to god when we put limits on what we think he can do when we just limit him by our unbelief, that's what happened in the Old Testament, see, in the, in the children of Israel. They limited God. The Bible says they did. They limited God by their unbelief. God can do anything. Jesus said, If thou canst believe, all things are possible to him that believeth. Amen. <laughs> And see, that's our problem. We think we can't. I can't. What can I do? Well, there's a whole lot of situations in life that you're going to feel that real keenly. That you just can't, what, you can't do nothing about it. But God can. And we just say that and it becomes a, a just a saying that we say in a, and a cute little thing that goes with our religion and our faith, and we say it to cheer each other up, but we don't really deeply consider it and get a firm grasp on that truth that God is able and He He can and He will. If thou canst help us, If if thou canst do anything, please help us. Jesus said, well, you just got the can in the wrong place. I can, if thou canst believe, all things are possible to him that believeth. And people who do that, they get to see, you know, those that do business in great waters, those that go to ship and uh, see in, in ships, and those that do business in great waters, they these see uh, <clears throat> the wonders in, in the deep. Uh, there's something else there that I can't. These see the works of the Lord and His wonders in the deep. Just got to trust Him. Living by faith. That's trust in God. 
believing that he's really God. Yeah. He's not just another man. He's yeah. not just a, you know, something like the government or some genie in a bottle or something that's superstitious that we just got to get the right combination and frame our word just right. And, and if we do it all right, he'll cash out like a slot machine for us. No. No, you just trust him. Believe him. Believe he can. He wants to show himself mighty. And the only reason he can't or won't is because of us. That we won't trust him. Father, thank you for the word of God. Thank you for the reminder of these promises that are so true. Just a basic thing that is kindergarten stuff for the faith, the, the people who believe. But it's something the devil fights us on continually. And is successful in robbing us in, in this area and making us think that you don't care, that you can't, that we have done too much, gone too far, or that we're not even worth your time. Pray somebody hear this tonight and realize that is just the, all lies of the devil. You're able to save to the uttermost them that come to you by him. And nothing is too hard for the Lord. Please help us remember this. Watch over us. Get us home safely. Meet the needs we prayed about earlier, Lord, we pray. And help these folks in Jesus' name. Amen. We give up way before God does. Ain't that the truth? We certainly do.